change. God the Son, who leaves heaven in spiritual existence to then be bound by space and time and become a totally dependent baby. The Creator becomes one of the most, one of the weakest parts of creation in order to change us, in order to lead us to know God and to walk with God and to even be God's people as part of His creation. That's the, the change that we celebrate at Christmas. 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul talks about how Jesus coming, God the Son coming in human form has changed him. It's 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, starting with verse um, 15, um, found on page 961 in your, uh, or 963 in your pew Bible. 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, starting with verse 12, actually. Let's, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word that, that speaks to us of your truth. Uh, now, um, continue to open our ears and open our heart and soul. Give us a clarity of, of thought as we receive from you, as we um, are, are open and surrender to you to the changes you would have for us to continue to, to grow in the ways of Jesus. In His name we pray. Amen. All right, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, starting with verse um, 12. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because He judged me faithful and appointed me to His service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Let's just wait right there um, before we finish the rest. But we, we, we see here that the Apostle Paul, he's highlighting for us this, this first grand change that Jesus brings in his incarnation. That his invitation is to all. That, that Jesus, this is, this is worthy right, of, of full acceptance. That Jesus came for sinners and you know what? That means we all qualify. That everyone qualifies. That Jesus came for sinners. We're all invited then to receive His coming among us. But Paul is here as a perfect, as a great example of a sinner. Because he was formerly known as Saul. His name was changed uh, to Paul. But as he tells even here, he wasn't just one that was um, ignorant of God and ignoring God, but sort of going his own way as a nice um, person. He was directly opposing the way of Jesus. 
He was persecuting the church. In Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, tells us of Paul being one who would go into homes and drag men and women out of their homes and take them to jail for being followers of Jesus. Paul was, was one who supervised. He watched over and oversaw the, the stoning, the, the murder, the execution of Stephen, one of the disciples. So Paul's not just a sinner. Paul is parallel today to ISIS or ISIL or Boko Haram. Paul is just like those who today go into homes and pull men and women out who are following Jesus. And, and tell them to either leave, to go to a new city, or go to jail, or be killed. That's the wideness of God's mercy. That's the, the breadth of God's invitation through Jesus Christ. That, that's the, the, the change that Jesus brings and says we love even our enemies because Jesus loved His enemies. So much so to come to earth to save them. That's the radical invitation that Christmas brings to anyone and everyone. Now, also throughout the passage, this this invitation comes through the, the radical wide breadth of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. I mean, throughout the passage, he, he, he highlights the, the grace and the mercy that Jesus has brought to him who was one, who was the foremost of sinners. Verse 16 says, But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, as the foremost sinner, Jesus might display the utmost patience. It is an invitation for all, for any, a radical invitation through this radical grace, through this unbound grace and mercy. A grace that comes from God so that Paul, he doesn't just, he doesn't get what he deserves. I mean, he gets the very opposite of what he deserves. I mean, it's one thing for God to say, okay, I won't punish you. But it's another thing then for God to say, but instead, not only will I not punish you, Paul, for what you're doing, but I'm going to send my own son to die for you, to rescue you, to bring you into the blessing of of relationship with me and the, the fullness of life eternal with me today, tomorrow, and every day. That's the extent of the grace of God that is for Paul and that is for all. I mean, if, if, if Jesus came to invite Paul, then he came to invite me and you and even our worst enemy. If Jesus came to, to give his mercy and grace to Paul, then, then he came to, to give his mercy and grace to you and to me and our worst enemies. That's the, the breadth of his grace and mercy. You know, the really, that what, what that means, that it's grace to all, means that we bring one thing to the table. 
But we bring one thing to the, this, this wonderful gift of Christmas. We bring one thing to the, to the Christmas banquet. And that is that we're broken and in need of a Savior. That, that we are sinners. Because sinners are the ones that are invited by Jesus. It's those that are broken that need someone to save them. It's, it's those that are apart from God who need His grace and mercy. That's the one ingredient that we bring to this Christmas recipe of a feast for all. If Jesus came to invite Paul, if Jesus came to give grace and mercy to save Paul, then then He came to invite and save all who will receive it. He came came to invite you and me to give grace and mercy to you and me. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it well. Where where Paul tells the church in Ephesus, For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast. This, this radical Christmas change comes upon us. Say we, we don't earn our way into anything. Jesus has secured it through His life, through His death, His resurrection. We receive the gift of God to live with Him and for Him forever. The other change that we um, noted uh, throughout Advent is the invitation to all, grace to all, and justice for all. And you, you, you catch this even in the end of, of verse 16. I'll read verse 16 again. But for that very reason, I receive mercy so that in me, as the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in Him for eternal life. That, that Paul is that example for us. I mean, the, to see the invitation, to see the grace, and to see the change that he brings in Paul. Uh, going from a way of, of uh, living in a way that is unrighteous and evil, and then as God intersects with his life, the gift of Christmas for him, he repents and moves. He no longer is opposing the church, but he doesn't just hang out. In his hometown, twiddling his thumbs, the the, the Lord takes him and leads him not and changes his direction 180 degrees to where now Paul is one of the greatest leaders of the church. One of the greatest proclaimers of the good news of Jesus. He's no longer putting Christians in prison. He's now leading them into the fullness of grace and mercy and peace and truth. And it's that example is true for you and me and anyone who seeks to follow Jesus as well. It's invitation for all. It's grace for all. And it is change for all. If God is powerful enough to change Paul, then He's powerful enough to change you and me. To lead us from ways of our own selfish injustice and not caring about the world to turning around and doing everything in order to serve and love and care for God's creation. God's world for His glory and His honor. That's the gift of Christmas change. 
You see it well in Titus 2, verses 11 through 14. Another one of Paul's letters to, you know, this is a letter to Timothy, who's one of his students. One Titus is another one of Paul's students. And he, again, he's he talking about the incarnation here and the reason that Jesus comes. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self controlled, upright, and godly while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us for all iniquity and purify for Himself a people of His own who are zealous for good deeds. God brings change through Jesus by inviting and applying His grace and mercy to a group of people, and then turning them to live for Him and being zealous for good deeds. That's why the grace of God appeared. So that He might call forth a people to be a team who love Him, who who love people, who act with mercy and forgiveness, and do what is just and good. So that others... We'll see and be an example just like Paul is. And we'll join on the team. And and join in being zealous for those same good deeds. Friends, if if Jesus can change Paul, if he can move him from evil to, to what is good, from what is unjust to what is just, then he can change me, he can change you, he can change us, he can change our world through us. That's the change that Christmas brings. You might hear that and say, you know, yeah, I've heard that message. I understand that that's the the message that that we we proclaim um, every Christmas, this change that, that Jesus brings. But then Paul closes off the passage with doxology. He closes it off with worship in order to say that this is a grand pursuit here. This is a grand pursuit, that, and our only hope is that God will accomplish this through us. As he finishes off his little paragraph to Timothy, he then jumps into worship. To the King of the Ages, verse 17, to the King of the Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Why does he end there? Because our last focus in Advent was seeing that it's a hope that He brings. It is a hope for all. It's an invitation for all. It's grace for all. It's justice for all. And it is hope. An unending, an eternal, sure and certain hope that He brings for all of us. It's the power and the love of God that will accomplish this. It's this hope that will feed our faith, that will continue to to lead us to to pursue this grace and this justice, this goodness, this life with, with Christ forever because of His power, not because of ours. Some, maybe many of us, as we read this, are like sort of snoozing through this. Yeah, yeah, change, change. You, you, you don't know me. 
I'm too weak, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too bad, I'm too scared, I'm too stubborn, I'm too dumb, I'm too selfish, I'm too arrogant, I'm too greedy, I'm too lazy, I'm too broken. For this kind of change to really enact with me. I'm just ready. I'm checking it in. Jesus, come back and take me home because I'm ready. Well, that's great if that's who you are. If that's what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm just too broken. That's great because that's exactly who Paul's talking to. The invitation is to sinners. It's to people who are too broken. And the really great news is this isn't about you. This is about the power and might and love of God. It's the change that God makes first and foremost and invites us into to give life to us to the full. This is great news. I don't care if you're wrapped up in pornography or drugs. You're an adulterer. You're just plain mean. Or you're selfish to the core. You're greedy in every penny. Or you're apathetic, unspiritual, weak, emotionally destroyed, diseased in any way, alcoholism, uh, depression, sexually deviant. If that's you or the person next to you, you're invited. This grace is for you. This hope is for you. That's the radical nature of the change that Christmas brings. All qualify. All can receive. This is that sure and certain hope that all can be changed by God's power, God's might, and for God's glory. Not mine or yours. It's God's love for the world, God's good and perfect plan to include us in this team and His work to continue to change us, to follow after Him. It's a a hope that He gives to all broken people that it's about Him and not about us. It's about Him and not about our circumstances. It's about Him and not about our history. It's about Him and where He's taken us. This last uh, um, Christmas day... Um, when we, we gather as a family for breakfast, which now, with the youngest in the family being 16, happens around 11.45 in the morning. We, we gather, and that's when we celebrate Jesus' birthday. You know, we, we talk about Jesus' birth and what that means to us. And this um, particular uh, Christmas, um, uh, Kathy had the question for us of saying, you know, this is, we've been talking about change, talking about the change of Christmas. Well, what's the change that Jesus has made in you? And I, I'll share with you my answer at that time. Just as I reflected uh, in that moment, I've been reflecting a little bit in this season over the last two months. There been a few things that have happened in our lives and that uh, could easily rob one of hope if it were about our strategies or our intelligence or our capacities or abilities. 
You know, to have two people on, on staff resign within a month of each other, and in the middle of that to spend eight days with your son in the hospital not knowing exactly what's going on, can be a time when your hope can be shaken. And so as I reflected how thankful I was that, that I get the privilege of having to study the Scripture, that, that I have the gift given to me of, of having to be up here and, and sharing with you what I'm sensing the Scripture is saying. I'm, I, I sincerely apologize that, that you don't have that same wonderful opportunity. If you want it, ask me. I'll be glad to let you have it periodically. But that it, it keeps me rooted in the fact that my hope isn't in my circumstances, it isn't in my ability, or it isn't about a whole bunch of smart people trying to figure things out. My hope is not there. It is in God's power, God's honor, and God's glory. And, and that's the, the, one of the beautiful gifts of Christmas. Invitation to all, grace for all, justice for all, hope for all, and change for all who will receive it. I want to share with you one last um, uh, piece of information. And this was a, a letter, an email that I received on Monday. And, and this is a, a great gift of God to just see in our, our long term, God's short term, to see hope realized and lived out. I received this on Monday, December 22nd. And it, it, uh, it started out, you know, Dear Reverend Smith. Well, now I'm really wondering, okay, what are they trying to sell me? To the dear members of College Hill Presbyterian Church, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be wondering who I am. Well, to make a very long story short, today, Monday the 22nd, 65 years ago, on December 22nd, 1949, our family arrived in Cincinnati, sponsored and brought to the United States by the members of College Hill Presbyterian Church. Now, how many of you were here, were members of this church on December 22nd, 1949? Anybody? One? I see one. Two? Two? Three, four, at least four of us who were members in December 22nd, 1949. Well, their family had left Latvia and had been received by the church, sponsored by College Hill Presbyterian Church. And they were gathering around that anniversary date and reminiscing and saying, you know, we want to just say thank you. Just share the story for 65 years down the road from the work that the church had done pouring into them. For, for a church that was seeking to invite all, give grace to all, give justice to all, and pursue hope for all. And so they shared um, now some of the names of folks that connected with them. Mr. and Mrs. John Olmstead, um, Margaret and, and Fred Reese, um, Fred and Etta Shohan, um, uh, were uh, friends, were folks that gathered around them, as, as well as uh, Reverend uh, Lamy, 
who was the, the pastor uh, then, um, the organist and choir director, Lucille Meyer, and uh, Dwight and Edna May Salt um, uh, were a part of the church and folks that connected with them. And, and they wanted to, to share with us, you know, now we've had a real up and down challenging life as a family, but just wanted you to know the, the, the gift that God gave through you, how that hope has been lived out. Our extended family now includes a number of folks who... Um, uh, some of whom have served in the Air Force. One was a Navy SEAL. One was a nationally awarded operating nurse. She was actually the first child born in Cincinnati of the family. Um, attorneys, numerous teachers, um, uh, a chemist, a pastor, uh, two adopted granddaughters from Cambodia, now a couple of foster children, sh- several short-term mission trips they've taken as a family. One of them was even back to Russia to rebuild a church. And, and shared with us that the father of the family was actually a woodcarver and a sculptor. And when the new, uh, new addition of the church was built in 1951 or 52, he carved a number of the carving, wood carvings that are around the sanctuary and still surround us Today. They closed off in Christ from the grateful Brahmanas family. Now, in God's eyes, 65 years is a real short time. But in the eyes of any human organization, 65 years is a long time. And it's the, the, the Christmas change that is invitation to all, grace to all, justice to all, and hope for all, that we get the privilege of receiving this week. And I'll, I'll, I'll print out the letter. We've actually got some pictures. It'll come in hot off the press in a couple Sundays so you can read it and enjoy it even further. But that, friends, is the power and grace and love of God who takes a group of sinners who are broken and pours grace justice and hope and causes such beautiful flowers to bloom as we received word from from the Brahmanas family. And don't you wonder now, 65 years from now, which four of us are going to be here? And what, what the stories will be then? Who are the, the people that we're pouring into now? Where are the seeds that are being planted? Because we know this is true. That Jesus came for sinners. Broken like us. And because of His power and His might, we're going to continue to live according to His righteousness, His justice, and we're going to live for that hope no matter what because of His power. His love and for His glory. And wonder what kind of emails or whatever kind of communication we have in 65 years we'll be receiving to see how God waters and causes growth and brings life because of His work through us. That's the kind of change 
that Christmas brings. Amen. Let's uh, pray together. And um, I do want you to, to note we'll uh, be in uh, prayer as well for the uh, um, uh, Amy and Peter Dreyer and family um, because uh, um, Luke will be baptized today. I think we have a picture of them. Um, Luke's the smallest one in the middle with the red on that will be baptizing uh, this, uh, this afternoon. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, what joy it is that you invite us, you pour over us your grace, you, you fill us and lead us in the ways of your justice and righteousness, and you uh, grant us the sight of your hope, that we get to be a part of what is good and right and, and eternal. Thank you for that privilege. As you have taken Paul, uh, so take us. Uh, so lead us from, from those who um, would be opposing you uh, to all of us being right in line with the work you are doing in our own lives, in our community, through the work of this church. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of what is eternal. Thank you for the gift of Christmas that invites us and equips us, empowers us to live into the fullness of your hope. Gracious God, we, we lift up one another uh, to you. We continue to give you thanks and praise for um, your healing hand upon those among us and in need of your touch. Don and, and Wanda Kuyper, give you thanks for Don's continued healing from both the motorcycle accident and uh, from the cancer. We pray your healing hands continue upon it. For Suzanne Weirs as she recovers from surgery this week. We pray for, for Rowan, uh, the um, one-year-old nephew of Laura Iden, pray who's been diagnosed with leukemia. We pray your healing hand upon him. We pray for Mary, uh, Jean Schneider's mother in the hospital this weekend. Pray your, your healing hand upon her. And gracious God, we continue in the, in the ways of your grace and the ways of your hope to, to pray for our nation. You call us to, to pray for our leaders. We pray for our, our president, President Obama. We pray for our governor, Governor Kasich. We pray for um, Mayor Cranley and for the other mayors and other leaders that you've called to, to serve. We pray for wisdom. We pray for your righteousness to be lived out in and through them and through their work. And Lord, as, as a nation, we continue to pray for your, your healing hand as we continue to have unrest and, and murders of police officers before us. Racial un unrest that continues. Lord, we, we long to be your church, to be your people leading the way in what is loving and right, good, and filled with hope. Continue to guide and lead us as, as your people to plant seeds today that work that will bear fruit because of your power and your might in and through us. Tomorrow, 
next year in 65 years. We give ourselves to you. In the ways of Jesus, we want to follow him. Be your church without walls. Hear us as we pray together, seeking your work in and through us. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus, no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you, no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen. Now let us continue to worship God as we we give of ourselves, as God gives unto us. Um, uh, we, we give unto Him. And, and know that just this last week, over 5,000 pounds of food were distributed on Christmas through the Feast of Love and Christ Community in College Hill and, and then unmeasurable amounts of love and care and compassion as well were shared through that food and through those meals and uh, those connections uh, together. And that's just part of what we give to that God uses and fills with hope and power in our community and beyond. So may we give like God gives to us, uh, generously, uh, sacrificially, and cheerfully.